Good morning, everyone. This is Connie Lingus, a congested Connie Lingus, here with an uncongested me. Me being Peter. Yeah, that's me. Here on WNYU, bringing you category is drag cast extravaganza. Today we'll be talking about season 11, episode 3 of RuPaul's Drag Race and introducing a new segment on the podcast called Issues in the Community, where we'll be talking about gay pride. But before we get there, let's talk about season 11, episode 3. To start off, the mini challenge was all the girls taking turns trying to get their way into a club manned by RuPaul behind a door. It was a good challenge. Yeah, again, I think this is another instance of the production value is going super high. Like, it was a good-looking mini-challenge. I forget who the queen was where Rue said, what's Michelle's last name? And she just fires back, I don't know. What do, What's her last name? You tell me. <laughs> and I think that she probably should have won, but what can you do? Yeah, in terms of that challenge, uh, Vanjie made me laugh the most. Vanjie just being her loud extreme self always Benji was good uh plastique made me laugh she also made rue laugh which is always great to see ariel is bad i are you just saying that ariel is bad in general or that like the specific challenge ariel's kind of just bad in general okay i'm with you there we'll get back to her later but she was bad in this challenge like i cringed watching her the challenge. So, same with Nina West. I don't know why she won that mini challenge. The silly get up and the big teeth. It was like, I don't know. I felt like I was watching a bad improv show. Even more than RuPaul's Drag Race often feels like, even. Fair enough. What also stood out to me was I think Silky is going to tear apart the show at the seams when she slammed into that wall. I was very concerned for RuPaul's life. I think the next mini challenge may end with her just like sleeping with someone on the set. Taking insulin shots, you never know. Yeah. Now I'm doing it. And speaking of sleeping with someone, let's move on to workroom shenanigans. I was just speaking. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, I feel like that wasn't brought up until the end, but sure, we can bring it up right now. Speaking of workroom shenanigans. Brooke and Vanjie are a thing? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point? I have my doubts, period, period, period. But I don't know. The way they were editing it, at the very least, made it seem like they maybe had a thing. I don't don't trust the show's editing. Uh, I never have. You never should trust the show's editing, but they were being particularly friendly with each other. At least in a way that suggests that there might be some sort of continuity with this. So maybe in the next episode, they'll be revealed like, oh, you thought we were a thing? It was nothing. I'm thinking that's what it is. Or it's an elaborate prank. Have we ever seen a relationship occur during the show? I don't think we have. Let's see. On the screen, no. Off the screen, Willem with the producer that got him kicked off this season. Oh, well, sure. But, (laughs) I mean, we've seen queens begin relationships off screen if there has been one on screen, feel free to call me out, but I don't think that there has been. And like, I feel like this has also been a show where there haven't been constant rumors of queens sleeping together. Now, 
I watched one of the best shows of all time, Finding Prince Charming. It's The Bachelor, but with gay men. And by the best show of all time, I mean it's one of the worst shows I've ever seen. Okay. But everybody there was like throwing around rumors that the men are all sleeping with each other. Some would call that homophobic. Others would call that, yeah, they were acting really flirty with each other. But I've never seen rumors like that on Drag Race until last episode. Yeah, I I, I don't know where they're going with this. I, they maybe are going to go the route of, I don't know, maybe they're trying to make the show more like, what's that show where everybody's in a house and... Big Brother? Yeah, maybe they're going to make it like Big Brother and try to introduce the relationships that develop a little bit more into the show because That's people lo- people eat up the relationship stuff in Big Brother, so maybe they'll eat up the relationship stuff in uh, Drag Race. But That show where everyone's in a house, that could be anything. <laughs> That's Yeah, you're not wrong. But nonetheless, I think there is a non-zero chance that it's just uh, how we fooled you. It's nothing by the editors. I think it's a very very high chance but we'll see we get to look forward to finding out yeah so other workroom shenanigans i want to talk about nina briefly and i feel like in terms of leadership is one of the stronger leaders i've seen in the show if not ever just in a long time just in terms of like hearing people out allocating roles like keeping things calm like Silky was talking all about her leadership skills, but Nina, Nina's bringing it with the HR. Um, Funny, turning on Silky here, absolute 180. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to be taking a slightly negative tone later on myself, but this uh, is quite the development to see here. And it's interesting that Silky's perception is likely changing among fans as well. This is more so a comment on Nina than conversation to have about silky we can have that conversation about silky once we get to talking about the runway and the maxi challenge but yeah kudos to nina being a good leader i feel like if you ask me she won that challenge a lot because just how she kept her team together and her leadership because as we'll talk about uh the other team uh, didn't know what they were doing i think she's a good leader but she's not going to have the skills to back it up yeah her outfit was not top-worthy. It was actually kind of boring. Yeah. At least that's my take on it. And I don't know if her performance was that standout. Don't get me wrong. If she scripted everything, yeah, then, like, scripted the show, not, like, mm-hmm. her mini-show, not scripted the series. But yeah, if she came up with all of that, then, yeah, very well-done job. But I have seen nothing but disappointment out of Nina's outfit so far. We'll talk about the mop later. <laughs> um, but, yeah. The world's most expensive mop. Exactly. Uh, let's see, what else has stood out in the workroom? Evie painting her entire body for no reason. Yeah, that, 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 oof. She didn't need to. I mean, look, I get it. She's an eccentric queen, but you didn't need to do that. That was not, no. You didn't need to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I... Maybe she's trying to show off. That's my personal theory. But she didn't need to. I we didn't need to see it. I don't know. I don't know if she were truly trying to show off because usually the queens are super mature and if the queen has a big dick, they're like, yo, that queen has a big dick. That was a big blur, amigo. That was a 
big, big blur. No, but they didn't comment on it. They didn't comment on it probably because they were jealous. Let's be real. Fair. But nonetheless, yeah, that that, that pinkiness made me... Didn't make me as uncomfortable as Silky getting naked, but it, it, it was still... It was weird. Eyebrow raising. Why? Yeah, I don't know. It, okay, it, Silky getting naked had a reason. This did not. Yeah. Uh, it's part of her art. At the end of the day, it worked for that outfit really well. The outfit was one of the best of the night, which we'll talk outfit about. Outfit was the best of the night. So I, we can't give her too much slack. Let's just... Let's stop beating around the bush and talk about the challenge already. Okay. So, yeah. It was the best of times, and it was the worst of times. Legitimately. It was... Half of it was really, really funny. Comedy gold. I was just smiling the entire time. Everyone was really good, except for Miss Sadie's, and her role was so marginal in the challenge that, honestly, it's fine. If Mercedes wasn't on the winning team, then she should have been in the bottom, too, and probably should have been going home. I, I don't disagree with you at all. Arguably the same with Silky, and we'll get to that. Yeah, everyone was really funny. Vanjie. Vanjie. Give us a new voice, but I'm not complaining yet. I I, I love Vanjie. I, I, I love her too. I think he's being robbed over and over and over again. I think that Vanjie stood out way more than Nina did. I laughed more at Vanjie's part than I did anything that Nina did. Nina was fine, satisfactory. And if Nina wrote everything, including Vanjie's parts, then I think that she deserves a lot of kudos for that. I I agree. But let's be real here. Vanjie probably improved quite a bit of that. Just, Just learn new colors. That's my only suggestion for her. She's so pretty regardless. One of my personal favorite jokes has been, later, Rue says, the theme this time is orange or yellow. And, like, yellow would be it. And then Vanjie just comes out in red orange. Like, everything's been red so far. I'm not complaining yet. Yeah. I'm not complaining yet. I'll be complaining if it keeps on continuing. Yeah, what what we should complain about is just Scarlet's team just i don't feel like we should call it scarlet's team necessarily because scarlet wasn't that bad i thought that her outfit was kind of weak but i thought that there were she other looked people like whose a, performances and outfits were significantly weaker scarlet looked like a plantation owner the entire time and it made me very uncomfortable <laughs> like i saw her i'm like wow this is a white girl that would have owned a slave or something with this outfit and that was probably the point because that's I feel like kind- a lot of white queens are giving me those vibes this season <laughs> all right but especially with that outfit it was it 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 was definitely something, but it was just so bland, so dull. Like, just so many misfires. Okay, outfits aside, Scarlet's team. Yeah. That was one of the worst train wrecks I've ever seen. Yeah. Mariah Carey will not be guest judging. They have ensured that. Forever. <laughs> they, they did her so dirty. Then I... after that, they play a Jennifer Lopez song for the lip sync. Yep. <laughs> Oof. Poor, yeah. poor Mariah Carey will never forgive them. Yeah, never. Yeah. None of them knew anything about her, and it showed. Mariah Carey's not even a very interesting personality. Yeah, I she, mean, like, I don't look, think... I'm not saying she's disinteresting. I'm just saying that there are better choices. If they had gone for Ariana Grande, they could have done so. Well, I mean, 
it's tough to make Ariana Grande funny when there's so much intense topics about her right now. I feel like it's disrespectful to try to turn that into humor almost. But there are people that they could have gone with. Um, they could have gone with Shakira. Um, they, they, they could have gone with like anybody but Beyonce. Never, never, never do Beyonce on Drag Race. But Beyonce, I think, has a big enough of a fan base, the Beehive and all that stuff. Yeah, but don't kill me, but she doesn't have a personality, at least a notable personality. I'm not saying that yeah, she's Yeah, that's, that's why she doesn't work for all the Snatch, Snatch game. games. I, yeah, I agree with you there. Just turn Beyonce super unlikable. <laughs> but, yeah, just, I don't know, just anyone but Mariah Carey and just all the comedy decisions, like... Plastique's death screech. We'll cut to that here. Yo, Phil! Oh my. It's like when you have a friend who thinks you're doing something funny and no one's laughing, and they make the same mistake over and over and over again, and you're just like, honey, stop. That was Plastique's devil voice. It was... And but... unlike when Connie does the devil voice unnecessarily, Plastique is unnecessary and unfunny. Yeah, exactly. Mine is great. Plastique, learn to use it tastefully like I do, honey. And she did like such a similar gimmick last episode, too. I mean, change it up, girl. I, I agree. I, I I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but it needs to be said. I, I, I firmly believe before that she wouldn't win. I'm still sticking to that. I still have my cards not on her winning. But speaking of screeching. Now, isn't that just some of the worst singing you've ever heard, ever? It kind of reminds me of that challenge in Derek Barry season where Derek and two other people were singing together and Derek was like super singing it. Everyone else wasn't like singing it as exuberantly as he was. So it was just like a, a mishmash of just enthusiasm and like vocal inflection and it just sounded off what what's so weird about this is that i can't quite explain i feel like i can't quite explain the goodness and the badness of this episode to the point where i just have to say if for some reason you haven't seen it you need to see it and if you have you need to watch it again because like something about witnessing it is just intense and all you can really say in response to that as ross matthews said bring it on the runway speaking of ross i i don't think i've ever seen him with such a confused and concerned look oh, consistently ross matthews never gets sad he is annoyingly happy people who know me know that i dislike how ross matthews is always in a cheerful mood but watching that get swept away was just something inside of me broke yeah, I I was like concerned. Like his jaw must be in pain because he was just like mouth agape the entire time and never with a positive comment to say. He's just like ah next. <laughs> he was just so ready for that to be Thank over. Thank you next. Thank you next. It it was a train wreck, but it was it was a fascinating train wreck. It wasn't it wasn't. It was cr it was just the right kind of cringy. It was like The Office, just the right kind of cringy. Yeah, but The Office has like talented people in it, <laughs> and this did not. One might argue Scarlet's talented. 
yeah, I just wouldn't argue that for most of the others. Anyway, let's talk about the outfits. Yeah, the runway category is fringe. Very simple, but one of my least favorite categories, actually. Yeah, it's just it 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 led to not a lot of variety. Right, though I will admit the variety that some queens did bring, it worked very well. Evie has been killing it. Yeah, Evie Evie is probably my favorite look on the runway this time around. That outfit was killer. And I'll say that unlike last week's episode, last week's outfit, this was conceptual without looking cheap or gimmicky. It just looked very well thought out and good. I took another look at Evie's outfit after Connie came down hard on it. And I have to say, I still like it a lot. I actually don't think it's that cheap. I think that the way that she did the wires was really good, but I understand people disliking it. But I can't understand people disliking the jellyfish. And I don't the think anybody does. Incredible. Evie is setting up to be serious All-Stars material. She's this season's uh, Sharon. I hate how I'm trying to like anticipate All-Stars when in the first episode I said All-Stars needs to take a break, and yeah. now I'm contributing to the hype over it. But I mean, I still hold true that All-Stars needs to take a break. She won't need All-Stars if she wins. When it comes back, I don't think she's going to win. But when it comes back, Evie needs to be there. Fair. Going back to another outfit I really liked, uh, the basic Biatch and me really liked uh, Brooke's flower child. Just so pretty and elegant. Brooke is so pretty. I thought it was simple, but I thought it was effective. Yeah, it, it was nice contrast between the flowers and the rest of the material. Just And the makeup as always. And I'm going to take this position. I don't know if people agree. Honey Davenport. I liked that a lot. I I honestly liked it a lot. She looked like a wrestling character. <laughs> I, You know what? I wasn't complaining. It wasn't the typical sort of fringe. She goes out looking like Lady Gaga or Sia or both. And I thought it was great. I thought that her outfit wasn't necessarily like top top. But I thought that it was in the upper half. Yeah. Let's talk about the bad ones, because there were a lot of those. Okay, but before that, a quick shout-out to Akira's expensive menorah. She looked fabulous. <laughs> it was very good. I forgot about that one. It was very good. It was very good. The worst outfits. I didn't like Nina's mop. She looked awful. looked boring. It's like we've seen this sort of thing. I, it felt like a Latrice outfit. Yeah. Uh, and I hate how that's a derogatory thing now. Ariel's outfit was just so nondescript, and I... Once again, give us something more, girl. Yeah, We're tired of the pink fringe. Yeah, it was like the same wig again. It's like, if you're going to use wigs that look eerily similar or you're going to use the exact same wig, just change up something about it. Get a new you. Yeah. Get a new personality. Get a new outfit. And keep the look. I'm okay with the look. Yeah, and then finally, probably my worst, Silky's Cookie Monster. So, Ooh, yeah, I did not like that. Silky looked like the cookie monster out there. It, it was, was formless, and I said, no, episode two, and I'll say it again. You can't take a formless outfit unless you have a damn good reason for taking that formless outfit, and Silky did not. Yeah, she. if she was not in the winning team, she would have been judged really harshly for that. And rightfully so. Yep, so from there... Also, Mercedes. Mercedes looked like a neon mess. Let's just... I want to emphasize that Mercedes, I said it before, I'll say it again, Mercedes should have been in the bottom if this wasn't a team-based activity. Yeah. Mercedes was a mess. Yeah, I can see her going home soon, honestly, unfortunately. She needs to bring it. That lip sync, in terms of, I thought it was a fun gimmick. 
the entire team had to get a uh, lip sync because the entire team was trash. Let's start it made, by it made sense. Let's start with why the entire team was doing it because it was not just because the entire team was trash. Now there's a rule when you're on the bottom and you're on the chopping block that I usually like to say, and it's never make excuses. Whether it's a matter of I didn't get black china or a matter of I have a massive cyst on my taint. You yeah. don't make excuses. It never makes you look good. I have yet to see an occasion in which an excuse worked. Blair Sinclair came close. Uh-huh. That was the closest I've ever seen. You never make an excuse. Otherwise, you'd never bring out the sob story unless you're very confident in it. But you also, if Rue says, pin the tail on the donkey, you choose a donkey and you pin the tail right on the ass. You got to do it. And when everybody's just like, oh, I blame myself. Rue wants drama. And you know what? She's going to make the drama whether you like it or not. And okay? she made the drama with that group's lip sync. Everybody blamed themselves. Everybody blamed the team. Rue was like, you're going to blame yourselves. Well, guess what? You're all on the bottom now. Yeah, and that lip sync was... Uh, a disaster. Yeah, it was very crowded. I don't think they'll ever do that twist again. Because... I wish that we could show audio of Honey jumping off the stage. Yeah, that, like, just, like, I, I wish there could be, like, an audio transcription of Rue's look of, what is this woman doing? Like, you could tell the second she jumped off and, like, her shoe came off and the she distaste. was kind of just... She was just crawling around. <laughs> Rue was like, all right, this is a little tragedy. This is a little trashy. The camera spent way too much time focusing on that. But you know what? I think it was just the right amount of time, th- actually. Not too yeah. much because that was just such a disaster. Yeah, Honey, she- jumping off stage, looking as if she's jumping off a cliff because yeah. that's exactly what she was doing. Robbie Turner did it really well in that roller skate lip sync. Like, it worked as a dramatic finish. In this, it was like <laughs> she jumped and then she crawled around. When it's a six- put her shoe back on. When it's a six-person lip sync... The strategy is not stand out. The strategy is don't be the worst. Yeah, and she, I mean, and maybe stand out in the best way, but she just she. It's hard to stand out in the best way. I say don't try. I don't think anybody stood out in the best way. Yeah, I think everyone stood out by not looking as ridiculous as Honey did. Just the Undertaker jumping into, <laughs> jumping in in front of the stage. I think that Honey's outfit was good enough to the point where if she had just blended in with everybody else. Somebody else would have gone home. Potentially, but she messed it up for herself. She did. So alas, honey goes home, another one bites the dust. If you're ever in a bad mood, just watch that lip sync again. I'm telling you right now, that bad mood will be cured. <laughs> Depression? Yeah. Gone. Schizophrenia? Erased. That clip is magical. So yeah, that's the episode we don't ever talk about on Tux, but we'll just very we need br- to just very briefly Silky bit getting weird. Let- Nina's reaction face. Here's where I'm gonna come down on Silky hard, okay? Silky is seriously getting on my nerves, and that's for a variety of reasons. First off, you have Guillermo, whatever his name is, coming into the back. And Silky just kind of picks him up. And she did it before with Miley Cyrus, and it was kind of cute. But this mm-hmm. time it was just, she, does, she doesn't she does know the definition of personal space. Yeah. And normally it would feel a little uncomfortable. But then later I found out that there were actually sexual assault allegations made against her. Mm. And this is by, in a show, in which I don't know if it was a an actual performer or if it was somebody who attended. Mm-hmm. But the accusation was that Silky just... I don't know if she picked him up, but she pushed him against the wall 
and she was trying to kiss and undress them. That was the allegation. It is unproven, and I like giving people the benefit of the doubt when things are seriously unproven. Mm-hmm. That being said, this show, it's apparently from the Vicky, a Vicky Vox show. This is a demonstration of Silky not knowing the concept of personal space. Additionally, when I said before, Silky isn't is making a big deal about herself. She's not making it in a bad way. This untucked, she made it in a bad way. She just went out saying, I was preparing to lip sync because I didn't like Britney Houston. Britney Houston. Britney Spears. Britney Spears is not a woman of God. Whitney Houston, she's a woman of God. First off, Britney Spears is very upfront about Christianity. Second, also, she's still alive. But also, it's just... She just made a big deal out of nothing. It's like, Silky, are you going to pretend that you constantly act like a model individual? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not saying that she doesn't, but I'm also saying live a little. It's a challenge. Don't make a big deal about everything. You don't need to be the center of attention. Yeah, I I, I agree. You don't need to be the biggest person in the room all the time. I, At least not emotionally. Physically, yeah, sure. I agree. Okay. Uh, with that, we will move on to our new segment, Issues in the Community, where we talk about issues in the community. This week, Pride, specifically Gay Pride Marches. Uh, It's coming right around the corner, so I figured we'd have a little bit of a conversation about it and just how we felt about it in the state they are today. To contextualize, these marches came out almost immediately after um, the Stonewall riot kind of as reflections on what occurred. Over time, they've grown more in popularity, more uh, they've reached more cities in which they occur and have become more organized. With more organization has brought more consumerism and a wider non-LGBT audience into the mix when it comes to these marches. So I guess I just want to pose the question. If pride marches are a shell of what they used to be, do they need to be what they used to be? Have they evolved in the right ways? Or are there some things that would benefit from some mindfulness and reconsideration. I'd like to bring up here, I don't know if most people know this, but I am super into politics. I try to be a miniature political analyst. A 538 article came out today by Daniel Cox that said a recent poll revealed that only 55% of Americans believe that gay and lesbian people face a lot of discrimination in the U.S. This is relevant because in 2013, it was 68% of Americans feel that gay and lesbian people face a lot of discrimination in the U.S. Now, I think that it's important to take this into mind when we look at the changing of attitudes in gay pride parades. It's a question of people don't feel like it's a crucial issue anymore. People seem to feel like it's more of a joining issue, and they don't seem to think, a lot of people don't seem to think that it's a something that results in serious issues for LGBT people. So I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign, honestly. Because, don't get me wrong, while there are issues, I think that we've made a lot of progress in overcoming them. And I think that people kind of recognize that. But 
I think it's a really good question that ties into how do we look at these parades now, now that they're not about passion, now that they're more like a St. Patrick's Day parade. I mean, nobody does a St. Patrick's Day parade because they like St. Patrick. Yeah. At least most people don't. I don't think they should. Yeah, I think it's 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 a strange situation we find ourselves in with just so many straight people just participating and there's nothing wrong with being an, an ally the more allies the community has the better but it almost feels kind of like it's starting to become an excuse just to like have a good time see all look at all the wacky things look at all the colors let's go drink and let me show um how much i care even though like there's no thought and with your point about how people less people are feeling that uh, LGBT people are facing issues, some people are arguing that these marches have kind of, in the form they are now, almost mask the issues that are still being faced by people in the community. And making it such a joyous, united thing, we almost lose focus on the fact that there are still uh, places and there are still strides that need to be made. And by it being so hunky-dory and it being so com commercial and it becoming so non-confrontational, like it used to be confrontational in, in a way that historically over time it's lost it in order to gain wider appeal. But is wider appeal something we need or is impact is getting people to reconsider things something we need i feel like when you phrase it like that impact comes in the form of acceptance to a large extent connie and i actually went to the gay pride parade last june together yes we and did. it was it was a very positive attitude for the most part people were just genuinely happy and then because we're in New York, when they start doing chants on the subway, I kind of roll my eyes and try to tune it out. But, I mean, they were chanting some weird stuff. Everything you know is a lie. I mean, what is this, a conspiracy theory? But the point is that mm -hmm. it definitely feels commercialized, but or not necessarily commercialized, but it doesn't feel as, I don't know, offensive. in the ter Not as offensive as in offending people, but in the terms of being on the offensive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like that anymore. But... Honestly, I think that you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. I think that, that it's a good way to kind of reel people in and make them sympathetic to the beliefs held by the people who started the pride marches. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 a big issue and one that may be worth returning to in the future. Uh, but... Yeah, definitely one worth discussing. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. Like and subscribe. Hit that bell button. <laughs> and with that cheesiness is our episode. Thank you so much for listening. This is Connie Lingus here with... Still me. His name also being Peter. Super special thank you to Miss Darling for their song, Young Lovers, that's used in the intro and outro of this podcast. Thank you so much, and have a lovely day.